Welcome to Mong Man Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moa, on episode 30. This guy is cooking up a storm. He was born in Thai refugee camp, came to the U.S., and now resides in Twin Cities. He has cooked for three restaurants prior to starting Union Mong Kitchen and served as a passionate, tireless, funny, and forgiving advocate for Hmong food as an expression of Hmong culture. He has been on many outlets of media such, such as The Jason Show, Madison College, The Social Exchange Project, Rewire, Creative Morning HQ, TPT Original, Carrie Levin, Local Crates, WCCO CBS Minnesota, and NPR News. After four years of award-winning pop-up and being named Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Chef of the Year in 2019, he's excited. Him and his team are super excited to open his own restaurant permanently in a location that's going to be opening in the fall. However, to do that, he went to Kickstarter, and he was their goal was to hit 75000 But even better, they surpassed that. It is safe to say that he hit six figures. That is so overwhelming, and I'm super excited for them. And lastly, if you're new here or you've been listening to us, please hit that subscribe button and give us a review. We would love to hear from you. But first, let's thank our sponsor. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menswear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menswear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They're your one-stop, mall-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. Now let's get back to the show. We are super excited. It is a pretty gloomy day here in Minnesota. And I hopefully, one thing I kind of worry is we don't get any more snow in, the, in uh, March here. But guess what? We might be cooking up a storm. And guess who we are cooking up a storm with? It is him himself, Chef Yeah. How's it going, man? Hey, good, dude. Good, good. Things are going well. You have definitely have been cooking up a storm, my friend. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, we've had some really cool support, and so you know, pretty excited yeah. for all that. You have. We're going to talk about that, and that supporter has helped fund your or uh, surpass your expectation on an almost six figure in funding Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, we kind of. Uh, we kind of tell people like officially on the Kickstarter, it's like 90, a little bit over 96,000, but we've had people give in more after the Kickstarter too. So uh, we've actually hit that a uh, hundred thousand, but it's just not like, you know, official. Uh, sure. Sure. In, yeah. In we'll, we'll definitely yeah. talk about that again. Um, and the, the money raising round, but let's start more personal on you. Uh, yeah. And we, our listener wants to get to know you a little bit more. Um, tell us yeah. one thing that we do not know about you. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, like, I don't know. I've said this to a lot of media people, but I never wanted to cook. You know, like this is never <laughs> the, this is never the goal. I my whole life has been trying to get out of food and cooking, so um, I've tried really hard uh, um, to not do this, not want to do this. I didn't want to do this. I kind of went in it kicking and screaming in the beginning. Um, but yeah, a lot of that changed, uh, probably eight, nine years ago, it changed a lot. So prior to not that eight, nine years, but let's go back even more like Mm -hmm. in your teens, did you have another passion you had in line or do you know where your direction were you heading? Um, no, there was like two things I wanted to do. I I wanted to go to college uh, in high school. All I wanted to go is I wanted to go to college and I wanted to uh, play football in college. I thought I really didn't care about anything else. So like I was kind of a gym rat. So sports was kind of my thing, you know, um, uh, football, track and field, powerlifting. So that's all I really wanted to do. And, you know, I didn't really care about anything else. <laughs> if, if all to, if all, if all fails and the kitchen burns, you know, uh, you're, you're, Pretty, you're a pretty big guy. You could be uh, a defender or, you know, you're just uh, a linebacker or something. You're a pretty big guy, man. Uh, Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Somebody pick, pick you up. <laughs> uh, well, I was just telling people that's a young man's game now. I'm too old for that stuff. Um, ah. I tell a lot of our uh, young cooks, I'm like, because uh, I always be like, hey, uh, when we're bringing in like big cases of, you know, rice or whatever, and I'm always like, hey, uh, young guys, come get this, you know? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you pick up that 50-pound bag of rice over there, right? Uh, once in a while, you have to do that to show the other younger cooks that, hey, I still got it. But then a lot more, majority of the time, you're kind of like, ah. You, you bring out the cart, the roller, and you just put everything in the roller, and you just roll it. <laughs> well, you know, you were born in Thai refugee camp, and you in a your family in a, residing in uh, Twin City. And you've been yeah. here ever since, correct? Yeah, we moved to America in uh, 88. Yeah. I, I'm just predicting age. Are you about mid-30s now? Yeah, I am okay. mid-30s. 35. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a good guess. You're, you are bald as I am bald and have a beard. So yeah. I kind of assume yeah. that, right? No, I tell people, I try to save on shampoo, man. It's like five bucks a year. That's all I spend on. <laughs> Hey, yeah. we save even more. We save more, maybe five thousand uh, in a ten years. Because remember, we don't have hair. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to go to barber shop. That's what I'm intending to fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just cut our own hair, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, big, big family. I see that you have a co-partner, Chris Her, too. Yeah, it's my my cousin. Uh, him and I first kind of started this whole thing up. So um, back when we uh, when Man, that was a while ago, uh, probably four years ago. So, we, yeah, we kind of worked, uh, worked together, kind of, you know, build it together. He's a relative and friend. Did he get you into cooking? Uh, Chris? Yes, Chris. Actually, I got Chris into cooking. Chris you is got Chris into cooking. cooking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, at first, it was kind of like we were, I would do catering gigs and stuff, and they're like, hey, man, you want to help me? And then after a while, I'm like, hey, man, do you want to run some things for me? And then, you know. He's really cool, man. Like, so Chris and I, you know, he, um, right now he's uh, kind of taking a break and doing his own thing. Uh, just kind of working, you know, in the, um, in like, you know, the work world, you know, he's got an office job and stuff like that. But, uh, but over the year we've created this really big team. It's, um, I mean, I shouldn't say big. It's, it's, it's a really great team. I mean, we have, there's about uh, seven of us, you know? So yeah, so we've created a team. Besides uh, all the work, any hobbies out there you have? Uh, I like, I used to fish a lot, you know, just like Ooh. a regular monk did, but I want to go back into fishing. Uh, but just, there's no time. Um, you know, no, 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 uh, no, dude, let me correct you. Fishing, <laughs> should, fishing should be a job. I do. Yeah, I, cooking in your career should be like the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love. I would love to get back into fishing, but it's been a while. Um, what kind? Well, Are you I, like a fly guy, a bass guy, or any like a monk fisherman? Man, you don't you don't care. Whatever you get is what you get. You know, it's good. Like my my friends, I have friends that are fly fishermen. They are they're trout. You know, they do trout. They only do like they only do like a certain kind of fish. Like oh yeah, we only do bass or we only do this. And I'm like, dude, like it's all like my wife friends do that. And I'm like, dude. They're like, well, what do you guys do? I'm like, monk people, we just, we fish. Like, we don't care. Like, we fish. Like, panfish, muskies, you know, ice fish. Like, we just fish, you know. So, I love to get back into fishing. Um, but it's just so, just so busy. And there's just so many uh, different things um, that, uh, you know, that just doing restaurant stuff takes care, you know, takes up. So, and, and, and uh, you know, just finding a day off is tough sometimes, you know. I see that you're kicking off your, uh, your, your restaurant and you have your funding, you know, more, you're exceeding more than you, you expected. Yeah. And I have a bad feeling, hate to ruin your uh, storm, but uh, I don't seem like you're going to have time this year at all to even throw a line in the water, man. Oh, I know. It's all, it's all um, I think that, I don't know. I think it's just something my father really taught me about like, you know, when, when it, when, when you own something or it's yours, like you have to be like, you need to be there, make sure you're using, like you're working it. You know, um, I, I think that there, there's a lot of, um, you know, I read a lot of like books on the, how people should, Oh, this is how you manage and having great people to work for you. We, and we do have that, but you know, I still, man, I don't know, man. There's just the, like the OG way of like, our parents raising us but like they're they're all about just you gotta you gotta work the field you know you just gotta go out there and do the hustle um you know and you do so have I, I feel a, like that you do have a team of seven i mean that's a lot of helping hand and it whole, is. it's probably There's, grow too to double it's 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 young a lot of young guys too 
you know, like young guys where you feel like, like, it's like, it's like, like, you know, like when you're a parent and you leave the house and you have the kids there and you're like, okay, you're always checking up on them. Like, that's how I feel like sometimes, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, they're, they're great and they, they do my, a great job. And my word of advice, if your dad hasn't said this yet, I understand that you're starting this business, your restaurant, your team. There's got to be this a day to yourself for some, ins- from, you know, insanity to saying to pick up a fishing rod and throw a line yeah. in the water, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. I guess that's my goal to be able to, you know, take a few days off or something like that. But yeah. Back to your team of seven. It's, I yeah. see that there's Caucasians, uh, most yeah. men and women, uh, of course yeah. you two are Hmong. Yeah. yeah. We got, we got, we got Mexican guys working with us. We got, um, you know, we got, we got, we got white dudes, Mexican dudes. We got men, women, um, Hmong people. We got a Chinese dude, you know, I, I really, I really don't care. Like I, I uh, man, I think that's what's so cool about food, bro. Like the university of food, like the universalism of food, you know, where it's like, it doesn't matter where you come from, but that language of delicious food, it's the same. And I, I think. S- I see yeah. that. It, I see that your food and in your fusion also relates mm-hmm. to your personal friendship with your employees or with your friends mm-hmm. or they're of different background. So yeah. it relates the same. Yeah. But I think like, this is what I tell people. Isn't that what monk food is about? You know, monk food is about taking what's around you and then making the best of it. You know, um, we, we get a lot of critics, man, that are like, Oh, like monk people, especially monk people. They're like, Oh, you guys don't make monk food. You do like fusion food or, you know, you're bastardizing our food just to make a buck. You know, we, we've had a guy that wrote to us and said, a Hmong guy said, you're taking Hmong food and you're making it like Mika food so that you can make money out of it. It's like, how, like, how dare you do that? And I'm just like, man, if that's Ouch. what you think. Yeah, man, it hurts. Ouch, me. very neuro-minded. Like, Ouch. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, if that's what you think, then I'm really sorry. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, if you look at our people, look at our history of people, man, look at our parents, look at our grandparents. What did they do? They lived around Chinese people. They lived about Myanmar um, people, Blanc people, Thai people, you know, and they learned from them. And, and by learning from them, they took that and then cultivate that into our culture. And like, is it like our, if our parents hand landed here and, you know, here in uh, Minnesota, like, let me say, let me just say a hundred years ago, if they land here in Minnesota, I guarantee you, we'd be cooking this way today. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the way that we learn how to cook, the way that we interact with people, you know, I mean, that's what being Hmong is about. It's about survival. With your pop-up shop, mm-hmm. it was up to donation to, and I was, it was, I was there, I didn't get a chance to talk with you, but mm-hmm. with your pop-up shop, it was up to individuals to donate or not. Mm-hmm. But just the thought of just having free food there that you made, your team made, mm-hmm. that's humble enough already. And I know I'm pretty sure there's going to be more chances of you just giving free food, free Hmong food. So what I'm trying to relate to is back to this gentleman that was very narrow-minded that this, he calls it, you're making money off of, you know, the Hmong people. But yeah, I get it. It's business. But at the same time, I know in your kind heart and your team, I know there's a chance that you're going to give back too. Out of your own heart to give for free that are made, that you made that is Hmong food. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell people, I say that monk food isn't a type of food. It's a philosophy of food. It's a way of thinking about food, man. Like, you know, like just think about like in your mom and dad's house to when they invite people to come in, like the moment they people step in to the moment they step out, the whole experience has been part of monk food. Like, you know, for example, when, when, when you're eating at home, like I was just talking to my mom about this, you know, because we're, we're, we're kind of trying to think through how do we create a service you know, around um, Hmong food, like at the restaurant. And one of the things that we talk about is like the fact, like at, when, when you eat at a Hmong table, the rice is never empty. There's always constantly, like there's always like rice, you know? And just that idea of like, we, you will never go hungry. Like we might run out of other things, but rice and all we don't ever run out of. You know, that's part of Hmong food. And, and so we want to emulate that at the restaurant. How do we emulate that in the restaurant? Does that, does that mean, you know, we, we, uh, we, we have something like a rice cart where we try, you know, we, we move around and fill up, you know, our dining guests, fill up their bowls of rice, you know, like, so we've been kind of t- um, thinking through that concept, you know, it's just that idea of like, 
Hmong food. You know what's so cool about being Hmong is we're not bound to like these like certain kinds of ingredients because it's like, oh, you know, like if you think Italian food, right? You think in Northern Italian food, there are certain kinds of herbs, certain kinds of tomatoes, certain kinds of vegetables they use because it grows in North, you know, uh, North, uh, Northern Italy. But, but, but Hmong food, man, we, wherever we go, we're able, we're able to take from that land. We're able to learn from the people. So here in the Twin Cities, we've been here for over 45 years. Here in the Twin Cities, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn from my other Migasha, you know, guys who have, you know, French backgrounds, guys who have Mexican backgrounds, guys who have, you know, um, you know, like African backgrounds. Like, I'm going to learn from these guys. And I'm like, wow, isn't it crazy that we're from different parts of the world but the way we cook, there's still that commonality. And that's what Hmong people, we've always done. We've survived as a people group because we can find commonality in the people that are around us. And so, you know, literally we had this other email who says, you don't make Hmong food because you don't use a Hmong knife. You don't use a Hmong cutting board. You don't use like these kinds of limes and these kinds of Thai basil. Like that's not Hmong food. And I'm like, bro, like maybe that's what they would have done in Laos. But here in America, like, we have such a bigger view of things. Um, and I, I think that that's why I think that as Hmong people, we are free. We're free people. We have the freedom to cook anything we want. And you know the reason why it's Hmong? Because it's made by Hmong hands. And, and, and that's why I love having all our cooks be all from different kinds of background. Because, man, let me tell you, a lot of, like, white chefs that worked with us, they're just like, man, this is the food I want to eat all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like so important for our people to see like, wow, here are some of the top chefs in the nation that are considered some of the best chefs in the nation. And then when we collaborate and work with them, they're just like, this is it. Like my mom's quetzal is the most famous thing around here. Like, it's not me, it's my mom. Like her quetzal she makes, you know, we just call it Mama Vang's hot sauce. And like, I have buddy, chef buddies who are pretty well-known chefs in, you know, in the country who are really good that are asking me, hey man, keep, like when you come by the restaurant, can you bring, you know, a pint of mama bangs for me, you know? So it's like, it's like, you know what I'm saying, dude? Or like, uh, one of the things that got really famous here is um, uh, the monk sausage we make that my dad taught us. My dad taught me how to make that, man. And it won a sausage contest here. And people were just like, man, like what makes it mong? And I'm like, I don't know, just the ingredients we use, you know? And so we're beating out all these other kinds of like German sausages, you know? And, and just like European style sausages. And I think that like for monk people, man, we got, like, that's where we got to take our pride in. And the fact that our food isn't like there's value in our food, you know, that it's not this thing where it's like six ninety nine, you get a box of it with mumblo and you know, you have to go to the janky little place for it. Like, no, like our, we have value because we got to give value to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And so I know that sometimes we get criticized like, Oh, your food, I can go to Hmong village and get this for half that price. And I'm like, then go to Hmong village, man. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings, you know, but, you know, like we're, we're using some pretty cool stuff and, you know, we're, we're trying to do some um, different things, but at the end of the day, it's still Hmong because we're Hmong. Like it's still run by Hmong guys and it's still made by Hmong people, you know? And that's what I love about the Hmong people. Um, and that's why we wanted to name the restaurant Vinai. Cause Vinai was this refugee camp where all sorts of people came to after the war and they became family. Like, you know, like one of my uncles, he's, um, uh, you know, a, a few, a few of my uncles, they're like half blah, you know, they're not, they're not Hmong, but they were part of our family because my grandma just said, Hey, you're, you're our kid now. Cause you know, their parents, you know, um, died off in the war. I mean, like, isn't that what Hmong is being about is this inclusion of like, Hey man, like we can work to figure this out. Like on our crappiest day, on the toughest day in our life, we can still try to figure out the problem. And that's what my father taught me to do. My father always taught me this idea of like, you can always work the problem, no matter how hard it is, work the problem, work the problem. And uh, I think that that was part of the hustle he had where he, no matter how hard it was with him um, in America, finding a job, all that stuff, he always worked the problem. Like he, I always tell people, he never let his kids have an excuse of what, how, of why that, like he never let us have an excuse of not to succeed. Like we never been like, hey dad, you didn't give us this or you, you know, you didn't do this for us he made sure that we didn't have an excuse. And I think as a testament, all of his kids, all of us, you know, my brothers and sisters have been very successful in their life because my father and my mother both wanted to set us right, no matter what, like they never said, oh, you guys were poor refugees or, oh, we're immigrants. Oh, like they never said anything like that to us. 
you know, they always said, Hey, if you can work the problem, you can do, get it done. And I don't know that I think that that encompasses it in the food that we make too. And we get to talk about that, you know? I wish that I know like a lot of the listeners on here could have parents like that to support whatever they pursue, whether it's a job or especially a business mm-hmm. of going in that direction. Because like myself included, to be honest, my mom and dad is still kind of a, have a, they have good intention, but just the way they, yep. they criticize, you know, uh, yep. of what I do as a profession, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like they're worried, but it's just like a really bad criticize versus I seem like your mom and dad is very supporting of what you do. And yeah, I love that. I mean, I mean, like, I'll be honest, man. Like in the beginning, they, they weren't too thrilled because they're like, Hey, you have a college degree. Like, you know, it's, it's security, right? So like having that college degree, get that job, get that money, like get that retirement fund going, get that family, you know, I get it, man, because it's everything that they didn't have, you know? So it's like, get this, support yourself. So, you know, my parents, my, my dad would always be like, oh, you know, my, my dad's like, oh, you know, like that, that's the thing. My dad always said that to me. And I was like, damn, man. I'm like, damn, that's like so sad. <laughs> Say something like that, you know? Dude, but, trust me. Your, your dad just spoke the same word that he's my dad. Because that's what my dad yeah, said to me, too. The OG, Exact same word. Same thing where it's like, you know, if we pass, you know, we got to make sure that you guys can take care of yourself. And, and I think that that's their way of loving us because it was, it's all they know. And it's not their fault. You know, this is, man, this is what I said. I said, uh, I, I, you know, I wrote something about this once um, to a media group uh, or to a newspaper they were asking me. And I said this, I said, my mother and my father, like our parents and our grandparents' generation, they never had the ability to write their own future. War came to their doorsteps. You know what I'm saying? Like their future was written already when war came. And it was like, it was, it was, it was like the future was destined in death, suffering, pain, all that stuff. And they, they survived, man. Like our, our parents, our grandparents, they survived to get us to here to America so that we can write our own future. Now, knowing that and having the pen for your future, how are you going to write your future? And that's what I always say. I always say that like, we are an echo of the past, but we get to write our own future. And that's what I said. And um, the, the, the food writer was like, man, like I never thought about it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I never thought about it that way too, you know? But we do, bro. Like we get to write our own future. And but in writing that future, I don't want to write a future about Gia. I actually want to tell a story about my mom and dad. And that's what Vinay is. The restaurant Vinay, every square inch of that restaurant, even the way we're designing it, the way that the kitchen is laid out, everything represents my mom and dad, represents their hospitality, you know, like how they're, they're uh, hospitable towards people. It, it, it represents like that, that dinner. Like I was explaining this to my mom the other night and she just couldn't understand. I said, you know, mom, like we want, I want the kitchen. I want the whole restaurant to feel like your kitchen. She's like, what, what do you mean? You know, I'm like, you know, like I remember when, when friends and family would come over and they just sit at the table and they eat together and they laugh and had a great time. And then when they left, my mom would make sure that they packed them enough food for them to leave. Like we want that feeling in there because this, this restaurant is the represents them. My mother always said that V9 wasn't the end of our story. Vinai was actually the beginning of our story. And that's what we want to do. Vinai is the beginning of the story. The restaurant Vinai is the beginning of maybe there's that young cook who wants to get in to cook. And we can say, hey, come work with us. We're going to teach you. You know, maybe there's that uh, young bartender who wants to learn how to bartend. Yeah, we'll take you, man. Because we, w- we want this to be the beginning of your story. We don't want this to be the end. We want this to be the beginning. You know, and so every square inch of that restaurant is going to represent my mom and dad. People are going to be able to feel it, see it. Uh, my mom and my aunt are super excited to work there, which <laughs> makes me laugh because I'm like, how am I going to look when they have these like 65 year old ladies in the back washing dishes? <laughs> you know, uh, my dad's retiring now. So he said he needs, he needs a place where he can just walk around and clean stuff up, you know? So he, he's like, I'll do, I'll be the janitor. That's what he always talks about. I was about. Like, just janitor. about to say that. Dude, like, like the OGs, man. I can see him outside around the yard, like picking up stuff, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like shoveling the driveway, you know? So. Yeah, just leave him be, right? Just leave him be. Yeah, I know. Let him shovel snow if he wants to. Yeah, just sweep the sweep if he wants to. Yeah. I love that. It's so inspiring. I cannot wait to the restaurant to be open. Yeah, so we were, you know, we were very blessed. 
I don't want the seat uh, where all people sit. I want to sit next to, right next to the, right next to the cooking stove, right next to you. Just yeah. see you cook, man. That's my front seat. That yeah. would be an like, awesome experience. Pretty cool. Like the architect uh, kind of gave us like a kind of like a sample rendering of what the you know what what the build out would look like. You know, we have a building, but we haven't announced it yet because uh, the landlords and the lawyers, they have, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just, they got to do the legal, deal. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, the, the contract. That's, that part was like hard to explain to some Hmong people because they're like, well, well, just just tell me. I won't tell anybody. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> you know, like, oh, just tell me. We're like, no, it's, no, I just wait. Well, we'll tell you. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we we had this draw, you know, this drawing drawn up and the way that we're doing it is we actually want to have this big, like uh, 12 seat table, like right in the middle of the kitchen. Cause it's going to be an open kitchen, right? You're going to see everything. <clears throat> and so we're, you know, we're going to put it right in the middle, big table. Uh, my dad, uh, for most of his life, he was a carpenter. So we want a lot of the tables to have that like wood, you know, that, that natural wood feel to it, you know? Um, yeah, and then we have this really cool artist named C. Ryder. She's from the Twin Cities. I'm aware she, she is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a baller. I love her, and I think her stuff is so awesome. Um, and so we're going to have her come and uh, do a mural in there for us. Uh, and she's been doing a few things for us already. I've, we've already collaborated with a couple things with her. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know you know how, like, every, like, mom, like, Hmong mom household has green plants, you know what I'm saying? Just randomly everywhere especially like in the winter they would bring it inside and in the you know spring and summer they take it outside it's just like all these like random plants they have so bro we, it's know. gonna be like a rainforest i bring my mong knife and just to I, make my yeah. way into the front door of the kitchen you know into yeah. the store into the restaurant like wow this place is a rainforest yeah you know i was jokingly i said somebody i said you know with the mong with the mong ogs i'm always like uh you know you could take uh, what was it? Uh, you can take them out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of them, dude. Like, <laughs> so they feel more at home, I guess, with all the green still around. Yeah. And then uh, right now we're working with some really cool consultants to uh, build out a, a, a bar program. So I'm really, really excited about that, man. These guys that are, we're working with, they're super open to uh, using like Hmong flavors into um, doing these uh, different uh, cocktail drinks and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited with that, you know. So we want to, you know, hey, you know, the, uh, the, uh, uh, that cucumber soup, you know, that, that Lemukua, what cucumber soup, now we're going to turn that into a drink, dude. So Ooh. we're going to try to turn that into some kind of cocktail drink, you know, um, and Rice, so we, come yeah. cucumber, maybe yeah, a like, sweet, some yeah, infusion or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, right now we're currently working with, uh, uh Norseman Distillery. It's a distillery in Northeast Minneapolis. And so we, we have a drink on there. Uh, called a uh, cocktail drink on there called um, the uh, uh, the snowcap, which is it kind of looks like a nava, you know, it's like a vodka nava uh, cocktail drink. Uh, so uh, we're working on it for the spring edition. They they, they want to do a different one, so we're kind of excited to try that. Yeah, man. So so we you know again like it's about collaboration, right? It's about you know like for us, it's about getting around like especially in the food world, getting around the, the food industry and collaborating with all these different guys uh and learning from them and so it's been really cool yeah because you've been doing a lot of pop-up very randomly i mean in milwaukee and alma mm -hmm. and yeah you know so forth it varies in twin city and you were doing mm -hmm. pop-up starting from uh little Ming Kong and mm -hmm. you know just your backyard even you know and now yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. had a spiral into where we're at now and and it's been now getting close into this restaurant, which I can't wait till you have the announcement. And yeah. I'll be there for sure in line. One little request in the architect. Uh, could you put little like locker rooms like, right outside the door? Because, you know, you, you know, inside Joe, we take yeah, off your yeah, shoes, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, 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 so yeah. I want to, you know, I want to leave my Yeezy, make sure I come back. Yeah, my Yeezy's still there. <laughs> just making sure, you know, so they take no. it, you know? Yeah. So have a little locker outside, put my yeah. Yeezy combination on it, come back out, put my shoes back. Yeah, <laughs> I think we have to wear shoes for health code reasons. Oh, darn. But, uh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. darn. Mikado uh, rules, you know? Uh, so, so we have to do that. But uh, overall, man, I think, we really, uh, our, our designer, uh, our creative director, she's, you know, she's not Hmong, but she is so open to all of this, you know, like even like, if you look at our uh, V9 logo, right? If you look at the V9 logo, the A on there, she, uh, they made it to look like a mountain because, you know, Hmong people were the hill, hill, hill tribe people, right? 
So they made it to look like a mountain. So if you look at it, you, the A looks like a peak, like a mountain. So that's like really cool. And then there's these little, on top X. of it, there's these X's, right? Yeah, two X's. So two X's. like my, my mom, like she sews a lot. So those, that two X represents um, that. But then that two X also represents my mom and dad as kind of like, they're the focal point of why this restaurant, it is what it is. Um, uh, our, our design group, they actually went to um, Hmong village and they took a bunch of like um, Hmong, like Pambona, and they looked at it and they actually looked through the design and said, wow, like Hmong design has a lot of lines, you know? So that's why the V9, the V9 name, name it's, there's a lot of lines and why, you know, what those lines represent and stuff like that. And so we went through that process, man. Like we just didn't want to like throw in another pattern out there, but we went through the process of saying like, why, you know, what, what V9 represents, you know? Um, so, and, and I think, uh, and we, my mom and dad, they're very minimalist people, you know, they don't like big loud things. They're not, you know, big party people or kind of people, but they're just very minimalist. And so we, I was like, I want to keep the design very minimal, you know, like I don't want it, it doesn't have to be too big. Uh, and then my dad would tell me about the dirt in Laos is, uh, it has this like clay color, you know? So it's like, so then that's why we had that, you know, some of our color there has that clay color, you know, Alia. that orange. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know Long term translate so, that. Yep. Yeah. Red, yeah. that red dirt. Yeah. The red dirt. Yeah. And so that's why we have that clay color to, you know, to the design uh yeah and so that's like again like i said if you take that v like our, our our logo symbol is the v but if you take and you turn it upside down it's actually a mountain you know um so yeah so just kind of stuff like that man those little designs are super cool to be able to talk about for your mom and dad mm -hmm. i know they are super excited especially your, yeah. your, you say your mom was she wants yeah. to work in the back she wants to cook yeah. too. yeah dude that is the best feeling yeah when i come there i'm like i'm only requesting for your mom's food <laughs> not yeah 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 so right? not not your mom, worker i only want it for your mom yeah. i say i'm not i'm not the eating mom, yeah she her 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 fagol and her calapo and callo, like that's what she's known for here and her calapo is pretty well known around you know like i got i mean i grew up eating it so i'm just like yeah whatever but man i got friends chef friends who are like dude like hit me up with some of that you know so um my buddy owns this like really great barbecue place right and it's like they got some really good stuff like award-winning barbecue place and so mikai guys so i always trade him uh sticky rice my mom's hot sauce and calapal for all all these like beef barbecue stuff and i'm like man he's like oh man thanks so much and i'll be like oh yeah thank you so <laughs> so yeah you're sounds like i haven't yet to taste your mom's food but it yeah. sounds like uh the episode where Dave Chappelle is a crack addict and you eat it you just like come back and just like you're yeah. you know he's like a crack addict like I want yeah, more yeah. man I want yeah. more can I get more you know I yeah. can't go can't go a day or without it unless I eat it <laughs> yeah I I really love her football her football is probably the thing that I like I it's my jam you know um that I could just sit there and just like down them you know and so yeah with them with them with some you know talk about the restaurants and mm -hmm. with the menus anything any secrets any hidden menu i should know <laughs> uh, you know i think i think i tell people that we can do almost anything you know like the one thing that's really fun for us is uh you know this past uh week we did a, a whole rotisserie suckling pig you know so like you know it's just one of those things like i tell people you know if you just give us a you know give us uh send us a message and say this is what i you know i want you know we, we can totally do it you know so it's like you know um yeah, so it's just like there's no like I would say like we can we can find a way to do almost anything. So yeah, cool. Let's talk about your your Kickstarter. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, that finally again it hits pretty much six figure. I could yeah. almost safe to say. Yeah, it was more than you expected, man. It's, Definitely, yeah. That must be a great feeling to have all these backers and individuals that help you. Yeah, we have a little bit over nine hundred backers. So just and do what like super cool is it's all these backers from california to north carolina you know it's just not and there's a lot of minnesota wisconsin backers but man i looked at some of the locations and they're like a few you know people friends from, you know people from california people that i don't know you know and then people from uh, north carolina you know like Hmong people from there you know and so they're it's all it's all around the u.s so that's been like what's been really cool you know to see that to see this this big you know big as much as i say we have some critics like louder than that is the support of the you know of the fans you know and so that's just been the best part is to get these messages from like some of them are like 
these moms that will message me and say, Hey man, like, uh, like, Hey, yeah, my, my son is, you know, 17 and he wants to go into the culinary world. And is it okay if he emails you and he wants to talk to you about how to, you know, like what, 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 what he needs to do, you know, and stuff like that. And so it's really encouraging to get some of those emails. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, man. So it's just, it's just really that cool. It's really is, blessed. is the best feeling to have an aspiring young cook, young chef mm-hmm. that wants to get in your field and yeah. having you be there and experience, you know, having a young kid to come to you. Any mm-hmm. word of advice to those young kids? Oh uh, man, I, dude, I, you know, man, as I get older, dude, I just feel like I just end up being like my dad, like work hard, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, my, my first thing is like any young person, you know, man, uh, men or women, or, you know, boy or girl who wants to get into the culinary world, I say like, get the experience, like go work in the kitchen and it, and be okay with like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, you're here and your job is to chop a bunch of turnips and carrots, like for four hours. Like, you know, it's okay. Like we, I've had many young guys who come try to work for us that are like, yeah, man, I want to be a YouTube star or I want to go, you know, I want to get my own channel. I want to be signed and do this. And it's like, bro, like it's only like 0.1% of the people who do that. Like if you don't learn the basics and you don't get good at the basics, then forget like, you know, cause if you're so worried about, Oh, I want to be Insta famous or whatever crap, you know, if that's what you're really shooting for, man, I think it's going to be a long road, you know? Um, so that's what I just think young cooks, I just say, Hey, like learn, the basics and get really good at it, you know, get, get so good to the point where people are like, wow, like, Hey, like, let me give you another position to move up. When I started, bro, it was literally, I got a box of 50 pound potatoes. I worked in this like country club restaurant and they said, Hey, yeah, you have to peel all those potatoes. You know? So it's like these, these boxes and boxes of potatoes. And then I would turn it into a game. I was like, okay, 50 pound potato. How, how fast can I peel this whole 50 pound box of potatoes? And I turn it into game, and, you know, I'll, you know, first, the first time it took me like 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, I bet you I can beat that. 40 minutes. Okay, I bet you beat that. Okay, 30 minutes, you know. And when I got to a point where um, the chefs that I worked for trusted me, you know, because they're like, hey, like, uh, I want you to cover this shift because the guy was like either hung over or he's like, you know, he, he's like locked up or did something stupid, you know. And so they had me cover these shifts. And then he was just like, okay, hey, I really, you know, want you to run this line, you know, so at the age of you know uh 2021 20, like i was running a line by myself you know and so it was it was a lot of um you know this is what i would say finally i say you will go through your whole life like think of your life as a piggy bank right you're going to go through your whole life and everybody there's going to be some people that are going to believe in you and they're going to say some really great things and they're going to encourage you think of that as cash and you just put it in your piggy bank you know and then because one day there's going to come a moment where you need to break that piggy bank, take all that money, you know, or whatever, all that, um, all that goodwill. And you know what I'm saying? Like all that compliment, all those, all that thing that you saved up one day, you need to take that and you're going to go take that. And you're going to go bet it on yourself. And that's what I learned, man. Like I've just been blessed with so many great people and teachers and chefs and, you know, parents, especially who, you know, when we were going to launch this restaurant about, uh, eight, nine months ago, like we've been planning this for about a year and a half, but eight, nine months ago, we're like, okay, let's get ready. Let's build this up. Let's, let's get ready to launch it. When we were ready, ready that I was so scared, man. Restaurant rate, failure rate is super high. No banks actually wants to get really give money to restaurants because you know, restaurant fails so fast, Yep. you know, and just yep. from the business end of it, like, you know, when I wanted to do it, a lot of people told me, don't do it. A lot of chef friends are like, what are you doing, man? Don't do this. Like you have a great gig, the big, uh, I, I did basically broke my piggy bank in a way and took that and, and I told people like, you just got to bet it on yourself because there's so many people that believe in you through your whole life. And in that moment, like I think of uh, all my football coaches, I think of my teachers, I think of, you know, um, people, uh, people that just, you know, sent us great messages and said, Hey, like when we were just cooking out of the back of my truck at my brother's house, you know, feeding, you know, feeding people where people are just like, this is amazing. Like one day, like we're, we're, we, we want to be a part of this and you know and so that's yeah i just that's what i would tell you these young cooks it's like just save those moments save them because one day you need to you need to take that and bet it on yourself and when that day comes like you'll know yeah and so i think that that's it and i discipline man discipline is what it's all about being able you know we live in a different world now when like you know like i started cooking like 15 years ago so we totally live in a different world now today it's all about instant 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 you know but it's that discipline. It's that coming in, like doing the grind, hustling, 
you know, and getting to that point where you're like, Hey, um, you know, like I, I kind of know what I'm doing. Like, how do I, how do I push myself further? You know, I worked in some kitchens, dude, where I just didn't think like, man, I don't think I'll be able to make it, you know, but then the chefs I work with is like, Hey, you did good today, but tomorrow, like you got to do better. And you're just like, okay. You know? So I, and a lot of that comes from like playing um, team sports growing up too, you know, um, especially playing football, you know, um, I was an offensive tackle in football. So, you know, it's like, you know, we, I was on, I was on the blind side, you know? And so it's like, if, if I screwed up, like your, your quarterback gets sacked, you know, or if I did, or if I didn't do my job, like that whole left side fell, you know? So, you know, you may not be in a football team, but it seemed like your cooking team is, is, is treated and done like a football team. Yeah. The way, the way you play out, it's, yeah, it's, it's a team sport, right? Just like Mm -hmm. a football and you, you know, uh, your partner, your team, you know, you call them linebackers, your receiver, they have their own field. Like, you know, like you're like your, uh, you know, running back, mm-hmm. um, all of them all they the have their own team. Yeah. yeah. All the positions are mm-hmm. going to be filled and, and pretty sure sooner or later, you're going to double up into 14 where you have, you know, sidemen just waiting to get in and get yeah. some action. Yeah. I mean, right now we do have people already kind of, you know, right now, since we run our food trailer, like, you know, uh, six days a week, you know, we, we can only work so many people. So we've already had people there kind of, Hey, how can we get on this? You know, how can we get in and what do we need to do? And, you know, and honest truth, bro, like a lot of it is like Mika people, you know, who are kind of saying we like this food. This is kind of, you know, and it's more than just the food, man. It's about building, it's about building that, um, that, um, that, that kitchen culture, you know, you know, that, that teamwork culture of saying, Hey, how do, how do we create a team where people feel like they're family here, you know, and taking care of people. You know, the it's, irony but some i said note some of the most hated people is actually your own people ain't that the irony though you're there oh, to support man. and grow Dude, you know together as mom together yeah but then again you have some narrow-minded people yeah. who just like you're taking this you're doing this for money like yeah i mean this is like you're just priceless you know when you get that expression yeah. in the face it's like it's just yeah. don't just say to that right yeah, I uh, there's a there's, we we go we get uh, sometimes we get like uh, blue crabs from this uh, one store and what you notice when you look in this bucket of blue crabs there's always that two two or three crabs that's trying to escape but then the other ones that pinch it right under and then they pinch those guys you know and then pull them back down and I feel like sometimes that's with your own people there's that feeling you know it's like hey man like I'm doing this for us so here, here's the thing dude. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, like we got this just really kind of like mean comment. And these guys are, I guarantee you, like they're probably not doing anything with their life. You know what I'm saying? They're just sitting there on the keyboards and they can critique all they want. And, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and so I was really sad, like the whole week I was kind of depressed and down. It was just really hurt. You know, we had like out of like a hundred good com- comments, we will have one that's like bad, you know, or negative, And I, I just get really sad. And, and it's just people that don't know you, people that are from out of state that don't know you and just kind of, you know, see you from a different far. And, and, and what really changed for me about, uh, you know, say, I'll say a couple of years ago is that I started realizing that I'm not doing this really for the Hmong people, but I'm doing this for my mom and dad. It's for their story. And people can't tell me how I feel about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when, when people like, like even other Hmong people can't be like, oh, well, that's not Hmong food. It's like, hey, man, that's the stuff that my mom cooked for us growing up and you weren't there. So you don't get to sit here and criticize it. That's not monk food. You know what I'm saying? And so when, when I started thinking it that way, dude, I just kind of, you know, it's off my shoulder. It's like, okay, whatever. Like yeah. your, your experience is different than mine, but does it make it any less monk? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, um, we, you know, maybe you were born in America and you, you grew up in, you know, um, Fresno or whatever. Like, does that make me less monk? Because I was born in, you know, Thailand and then we came here and it ended up, living on the East coast and then living in Wisconsin. Like, no, we're, we're, our, that's what makes Hmong people so beautiful. Man. All our experiences are different, but we have that one common thing at the end. You know, we have that one core common thing that makes us Hmong, you know, cook up a huge bowl of storm yeah. and have those haters come sit down. And we love yeah, to have man. a chat where we're yeah. humble, right. To open our door. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Have a friendly chat. And I know they can smell the food from a thousand miles away. <laughs> Yeah, Hmong food. You can, nice. and then you know that they'll come when you open that good old spicy yeah. pepper. Oh, dude, it's lunchtime yeah. right now too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, hungry yeah. just talking about your mom's food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we 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 love them too. 
I mean, yeah, inspired yeah, us. I do. You at know, the end of the day, us. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, at the end, come, come eat with us, man. You know, like, and I'm like, you can kind of do whatever you want, say whatever you want, but come eat with us. You know, come meet my mom, come meet my dad, like hear their story. Talk to my dad about how he fought in the war. Like, what do you do? You know, I'm just saying, like, these are the things where I'm like, that's what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about, oh, did we use this kind of basil or did we use this kind of guitar? You know, it's like, dude, that stuff, that's nothing, you know, at the end. At the end of the day, it's about us kind of like young people like coming together and saying, hey, like, let's share our stories together, you know. I love I love all the infusion that you've been making too. It's with all of your meals and and such. Yes. Yeah. Is there one particular you like? And you could do you it know, or you could cook it blindfold. Like I could blindfold, you could just like well, <laughs> Bro, like our, we have this like okay, so here, I, I like this dish, but I, I get kind of sick of it, you know, because it's just like you makes me so much of it. So it's our we call it our he'll try fried chicken dish, right? So Remember, like, I know for you, but like for me, like when we got out of church and stuff like that, we would go to like KFC or Popeye's and get a bucket of fried chicken, right? And then we'd go home and you take Mumblow and Quetzal, you know? And then like you eat fried chicken with Mumblow and Quetzal. And then remember like the, the fried chicken have all the little bits that fall on the ground, like fall into your plate. And then you take the Mumblow and come on June and it kind of like, you're, you, I almost felt like that claw, you know, from that video game where it's like, you go get the, you know, you get the, um, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you get the uh, stuffed animals. Like, and you, you, you take those little bits and come on, and then and it's like that fatty, like chicken, like crispy, you know, flavor, that oil that goes into the mumblo. So like we, we took that idea and that concept of like, oh, wow. Like remember like the fried chicken. And so we, we take, uh, you know, we take chicken thighs and we make this fried chicken and we put my mom's puts on and serve a mumblo. And it's one of the biggest hitters. Like everybody goes crazy about it. I get real sick of it, man, because it's just like, you're going through hundreds and hundreds of pounds of fried chicken, you know? Like, right now, like, like the sexy thing, I don't know if you know, in the food world is like fried chicken sandwiches. Like, fried chicken sandwiches everywhere. Everyone, like, every restaurant has one. And people, my buddies are like, dude, man, did you try this place's fried chicken? I'm like, dude, I'm so sick of fried chicken, you know? But, dude, but, like, on those lonely days, bro, like a bucket of um, Popeyes with some Mont Blanc, it takes me right back, you know? And, and, and that's what I tell people, man, like, those that's that's what Hmong food is. It's that comfort, it's that memory, right? So like when you eat that, bro, like doesn't that take you right back? Like that mm-hmm. takes you back to being five years old, like barely reaching the table, you know, and you're out there and you're just kind of doing this, and, and you get that, you know, those pork neck bones and you like peeling the meat off. That takes you right back. And so yeah, so like for, for that experience, we turn that into a savory tea. So it's you, we, we got this neck bone, we roast it off and then we make a broth out of it. So basically it's like a bone broth. And then we put it, you know, like a French press, like a coffee French press. Um, we, we'll, we'll put a jaune joie on the bottom and then we pour that hot tea or that hot kua, the broth and, and we, we press it down and it tastes exactly like your kua from jaune joie and then we pour that in the teacup and people drink it as a savory tea or we call it, you know, and so it's just like when, when we serve that, like at that Alma pop-up, we serve that and people drank that. And I said, well, the moment your lips hits that, that is monk food right there. That is monk flavor. That is my childhood right there. And people love it, you know? And so it's just like, it's like taking these food that we eat daily and say, how do we tell a story with it? How do we t- explain to people, this is why we eat what we eat, um, you know? And so that, that's just been, you know, a few of the dishes we do. Uh, my dad, you know, taught me how to cook over a grill in the backyard. So we cook. Um, majority of our meats are cooked over a uh, wood fire. So we bought this really cool wood fire grill outside by our uh, food trailer. And, you know, no matter how cold it is, like we set up an intent, just like the old school Hmong way, right? And you just you throw our logs in there and then we just cook it on top. And, you know, so, yeah. That's where your dad taught you a lot of. And he taught yeah, you how to, you know, how to where to cook the meat and where the heat mm-hmm. is coming yeah, from and yeah. how to yeah. flip your meat. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, you know, everything for men is there. So, yeah, so that's why in the restaurant, that's what the, the big uh, fundraiser is for, for the restaurant, is we're, gonna, we're building a wood-fired grill inside the restaurant. So, so, so instead of, you know, how like, they do like gas grills and stuff inside a restaurant, ours is going to be run by wood fire. And it's a little bit more expensive, you know. It's a little harder to, but you know, do that. But the taste of it, dude. Man, bro. Like, the just, taste put, like just put wood down there and then, you know, and all, and, you know, and all this stuff. Just put it on top and just let that, you know, that wood, that smoke cook it. Dude, that's that's where the jam is, I think. 
And you all know a mumblow, mumblow, do mumblow, look what's awesome, you know? Right. You know, and then just, uh, and then have sides of different sides of uh, vegetables, you know? Just that's mum food right there. And I then love, have that guava, you know what I'm saying? Like have that guava with you and go hold on that savory tea. Yeah, you know, that's it. You said, you said eight years ago, you did not want to become a chef. No, man. I, when I first started, it was just a job. You know, you, you were, you know, you, have to, you know, was it 10 bucks an hour? Are you, I didn't dude, are, dude, you should hear your own recording now. You are oh. so <laughs> passionate about oh, it. Well, it's, it's you you and I now. could talk for hours, dude, uh, literally. Well, I, I, think, I think that it switched from a job to something where it's like, man, I really love this, uh, you know? Um, you know what no, I'm saying? No, where, no, no, like, no. I think you're trying to, what you're trying to say is, <laughs> it's trying to crack open that piggy bank that you've been saving yeah, up yeah. for years, Yeah, yeah right? And, that, and that's what we're doing now, man. Like, we're going... And that's what the Kickstarter was about too, man. Like we had these people, dude, I had high school friends that I haven't talked to in over 15, almost 20 years that, that I like haven't talked to since I graduated from high school, you know, that like, you know, that donated. I was like, what? Like, I remember I saw one of the guys, Ian, I look at him, I'm like, holy crap, him and his brother. And I'm like, man, we have like, he moved away uh, sophomore year of high school, you know, him and his family did. And I was like, what? Like, I looked at him like, what? Like, you're what or you guys you know like i and uh you know like some of my old uh, high school teachers too man like one of them like took off school on a friday and moved, came up to uh, our future and, and ate dinner with me up here you know so it surprised me and i haven't talked to him since i graduated and i was like uh almost 15 years i don't know yeah like 15 years ago almost yeah and you he's just like build and you cook yeah. they will yeah. come yeah, man. And just all these people. Dude, you know what's so super funny too? What, One of the things is, I learned, bro. Yeah. Uh, is you know how in the Hmong world everyone's 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 cousin, you know? <laughs> so we've been and only Hmong people get this when I say this, because my Mika friends are like, uh, I don't get it. So when we like I will be I'll be honest, like, we've gotten some really cool press, you know, and so when something like big comes up and like, you know, I call it Hmong Facebook, you know, when Hmong Facebook gets a hold of it and everyone's talking about it. There's so many people on there that are like, oh, that's my cousin. Oh, yeah, that's my cousin. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, I look and I'm like, who are you? Like, like, oh, yeah, that's like my mom's aunt's, you know, kid. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, you man. Yeah, you're my cousin. When I come there, yeah. I don't ask for discount. I, I don't. I personally don't. Yeah. As a business, I don't ask. I come there and I support fully. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when I support, I'm expecting the best value. And I know that's what I'm going to get, you know? Yeah. I know you yeah. worked up all that years of peeling potatoes yeah. to what you're yeah. now. So I expect to pay full price. And I know that yeah. when I get my Yeezy, uh, out, Yeezy out of my it's locker just, out the front door, I'll be very yeah. happy when I leave. Uh, it's funny, man. It's just, we, I've gotten a few, they're like, oh yeah, that's my cousin. I was looking at these comments. I'm like, I don't know if we know each other, man. So. And you know, they, they might be like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell like, like your wife first, and you're like, what? What did he just say? Well, I yeah. don't get it. Yeah, that's when I looked at my white friends like, uh, I, think, I think he's saying we're cousins. 